got it locked on Rodeo Radio. Hey, Tony, drop that. What, please? I bet. Dr. Dre in the place to be. Co rocking shit with my homeboy Steve. After Rodeo, get stupid, son. Yo. Don't think that you can get none of Trey The motherfucking doctor The bitch hopper The sucker motherfucker stopper I'm fucked up so don't mind what I'm saying I'm just kicking it But Steve, Tony, A and Susan Yo, we can choose it Dope shit to put in a mix Know what I'm saying? We kick shit like And, and That's a fact And if your shit ain't in a mix You know it's swag And that ain't no bullshit Kicking facts on a serious tip. Word up, Dr. Dre's in full effect doing serious damage, boy. Tony A! Tony A! When you're ready, go. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodium Radio episode 127, and we are still here. Thank God for that. Um, other than that, Today is football Sunday and the Bucks just won. That's not my team, but I wanted, I was pulling for Tom Brady anyways. But, uh, you know what? Let me give you guys a couple of announcements. Once again, you do want to buy yourself an ad. Convince yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and say, I will buy an ad. I will buy an ad. And let me tell you why, because we get a half a million views on our channel. Each episode averages about 10K views. That'll be about 10,000 people viewing your ad during the Rodian Radio commercial breaks. So one minute, go to documentary forward slash ad, and there you can see the prices for one minute, uh, one episode for two weeks, which includes four episodes, or you can buy a whole month, which includes eight episodes that so many people would be able to see your ad. I don't care if you, ha if you're, um, you know, want to promote a restaurant, you want to promote your, your, uh, uh, dogs, if you want to promote your merch, if you want to promote your OnlyFans page, buy yourself an ad. So, uh, you can also go to documentary.com, buy merch. We have hats, shirts, eventually probably g-strings so but other than that uh we'll get to all of that during the commercial breaks so without further ado please allow me to introduce my very special guest episode 127 the one and only nightmare the motherfucking nightmare how you doing brother how you been man i'm doing good yourself Good, good. You know what? Uh, I want to clear something out really quick because I know you were supposed to be on here a while back. See, one. And we postponed it, and the timing is perfect. It's perfect. So everything falls into place. Yeah, so God I'm, is good, dog. Yes, God is good, and I'm God glad you're here. Kiwule Raza, Nightmare in the building. Nightmare. Which motherfucking camera do I look? You don't have to look at anyone. One of them will catch you. See, one. So, other than that, listen, I'm a sports guy. I love football. You watch football at all? I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't follow football, dog. Okay. I'm a sports guy. I play sports, mm -hmm. but I'm all about soccer. Really? Yeah, I'm a soccer player. Okay. Since I was a little kid, desde los seis años. Okay. So, but football is uh, my brother. Okay. My older brother used to, uh, he was a Niners fan. Oh, all right. A Niners fan. So, I, I, I kind of, I like the Niners because of him, you know, because it was that time where uh, Joe Montana, right? Jerry yeah, yeah. Rice. Those yeah. are the ones I know, dog. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they were they were dope. Okay, so you a Chivas or? I was saying Charlie, but saludos to toda la raza de Guadalajara. No, no, no. Este, a mí me cae el América, homie. El América? El América. Okay. Simón. All right, cool. That's I'm mean, an America fan. My dad would have been pulling, 
for you know, Chivas. Chivas yeah. pero, but they're they're uh, they're uh, eternal enemies, right? Right. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, America is, is my team. That works. So do you follow them religiously? I'll get you though. What do you mean? Like, do you follow them? Like every time they oh, play, yeah, you watch me. Okay. Ah, uh, no, tampoco. Okay. Tampoco. Uh, I, I, you know, there's uh, when I have time and, and I'm with family, but a veces no, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing other things. But if they, I don't even like to watch them, bro, because if they lose, me aguito y engacho, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't get pissed off. I'm not like, like one of those, uh, what would I say? Uh, those fucking crazy fans. That'll just fucking punch people out there because their team loses and shit. And I don't do that. I know a bunch of people like that. Yeah, dog. That cabrón eso. I yeah. don't do that. No, no. I, I carry myself with, with style. Like, you know, I respect other people's uh, teams and shit. Right. I'm glad you said that, that, yeah. that you're not one of those like fanatics that turns crazy. Exactly. Fanatic. The reason why I say that is because my Thanksgiving was always determined if the Cowboys won. I would have a good Thanksgiving. If they lost. Right. It's it's I mean it's it was it was like that for me back growing up with uh, with that uh, America team yeah and uh, but uh, that shit so, that shit sucks man <laughs> you know you're depending on that for like th- throughout your day and see how your mood is gonna be in right uh, all because of a team no chaleta right. cabron right you know okay. but yeah but uh, but uh, as far as that though uh, football I guess the Niners I would say okay you know. yeah any baseball team. Baseball team, tampoco lo watch, homie. Okay. You Basketball? Know, the Bulls. The Bulls. Straight okay. up. Michael okay. Jordan is a chingon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no disrespect to Kobe. No disrespect course, to Magic. But in my opinion, I'm a Jordan fan to the bone. Pippen well, you know what? I could speak for a lot of uh, Laker fans because even though we love Kobe, Lakers are our team, but you cannot ever hate you know, Michael Jordan. Everybody yeah. was a Michael Jordan fan when he was That's active, right. you know, out there. Dunking he, on everybody. He, I, in my in my opinion, I was a youngster. I got I got to see him play though. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a, I was a little kid, I could say, but El Vato, he just innovated the game. He was something else, you know. Of course. I mean, along with the other ones that were that were there before him, like Larry Bird, Magic, and 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 the other ones. But Jordan, it just like then again, my brother liked them, so I was a Jordan fan as well. Okay. The Bulls, man. Okay. Let, let me ask you this because whenever I have time, sí, I watch a lot of fucking movies. You know, cuando tengo tiempo. Timon. Do you watch a lot of movies? Are you a movie guy? Nah, yeah. I'm a movie guy straight up. I love uh, every weekend. Si no estuviera aquí, I'll be watching a movie or a series. Okay. So right now, what I'm watching is fucking The Night Stalker. Okay. How far are you into that? Uh, I'm like two episodes in. Okay, me too. I haven't had a chance to see the other two episodes. Yeah. How do you like it so far? Touching on. Dope. Yeah. That motherfucker was something else. I know. No, if you want to talk about real killers and shit, this fool was a fucking crazy motherfucker. Man. And, and he didn't give up. He straight tell you hell Satan. Exactly. My wife and I were talking about that, you know, and because uh, uh, we were watching it together, uh-huh. and we were talking about how this fool didn't give a fuck. Like he did it. He he even did it to fucking uh, law enforcement people. Try to do it, you know, and and he didn't give a fuck. Like. Certain days apart, killing people and shit, which I don't condone. You know that's fucked up. Of, what of course not. Innocent people, you know. That was innocent people. But this story is 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 uh it's interesting, you know, in the in the eyes of uh, I would say law enforcement yeah. and other people in general. You know, when you get people like that, it's very rare. I know. You get motherfuckers like that. You right. know. So you got to be careful though with those motherfuckers. Ese cabrón le valió la. Le valía verga. Se metía y te te, te mataba y se hacía un sándwich y yeah. se, a la verga enfrente de ti. Exactly, you know, bro. He didn't give a fuck. He's like, I'll have some dinner, cereal, whatever the fuck, 
and I'll bounce the fucker and I'll go to the next one. And that motherfucker used to bang Satan. Exactly. Not no hood. Triple six. Yeah, he, he used to bang Triple Satan. Triple six. Like the real, real. Yeah. The it, real deal. Fuck. Even in court. Hell Satan. Satan I knew, you know, the first time I heard about that dude, um, I heard about him in, uh, in, uh, in a song. It was, uh, I guess it was a Chicano rap, uh, song. Right. And, uh, I was like, who is this motherfucker? <laughs> Richard Ramirez, right? And then I looked him up and it turns out that one of my, uh, one of my teachers back in high school, she moved out a certain area where she lived at because uh -huh. the dude was, was doing his shit out there. So she got to experience a little bit of, uh, what that dude was doing at the time. I guess it was the eighties, right? Right, right, right. So late, I'm from 86. Okay. So I was born around that time when he was doing that. Bro. Uh, How do you like the series though? That you going so, so good. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I said. It's entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. I said that I would give my opinion once I was done. Yeah. But so far I would recommend it. Yeah. Because they're, Given very very detail, very detail of all his fucking moves, yeah. bro. The way somebody and just the, the 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 thing that's impressing though, how you how you touched on it, he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he really didn't give a fuck, and and that's like damn, that cabrón. No te no te quieres topar con un cabrón así, you know? Fuck that, <laughs> right? Well, would you rather would you rather go ahead though with a uh, uh, um, a fucking gang member or a Satanist? No, pues un pinche cholo, homie. You know what I'm saying? este güey? If they will start fucking putting curses on your ass, that's crazy, bro. You know, no, that fool don't play, man. That fool didn't play, and uh, and and him and and who 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 else was uh, doing some evil shit like him? Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy. Uh, Ted Bundy was a. Uh, you know what what got me about Ted Bundy though, that he was a smart dude. Very fucking he was intellectual, smart, smart. That dude wanted to be a lawyer. Yeah. You know, and and, and but he turned out to that, be a liar. Exactly. Exactly. And and how he got away from uh, how he escaped prison. Or jail, yeah. one of those. Twice. El otro güey que comía verga. ¿Cómo se llama este güey? Jeffrey. Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. They found all the body parts except yeah. the dick. That's crazy. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer was another fucking crazy dude. Yeah. As, and and most of them were around the same time, <laughs> right? So there was a lot of that going on. All right, let's get off of these guys, yeah. bro. Fuck that. Oh, psycho shit. motherfuckers, man. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so now let me ask you this. Uh, um, um. I watch a lot of movies. I also watch a lot of documentaries. I wasn't a big up the Nice Talker, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I watched a lot of football today. Today, Kansas City beat uh, the Browns. Okay. Uh, the Browns put up a good fight. They just didn't have enough. So who's uh, who's like the top right now, the the champion? Or I, I don't even follow okay. it. Who, uh, who are the champions? Two right games next week. Okay. Green Bay versus Tampa Bay. Uh -huh. The winner goes to the Super Bowl. That represents the NFC side. Okay. On the AFC side, here you have, uh, help me out. Uh, I just said it, Kansas City. Uh-huh. And um, what's the other team? Bu uh, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. The Bills. Okay. So whoever the winner of these Super Bowl. Oh, so okay. so it's it's like uh, I would say it's the kind of like basketball, like East Coast and West Coast. Yes, type absolutely. Of yes. Okay. Yes. So and, and you know the, the two best teams play from yeah. different sides. That's so, cool, man. Uh, I'm pulling for Tom Brady. Who are you who are you rooting for though? Tom Brady. He plays oh. with, for the Bucks. Oh, okay. he, this is his first year was, with Tampa oh, Bay. That's what I'm gonna say. Wasn't he uh, Patriots? Patriots, New England, right? Yeah. I and mean, he's bad, man. Yeah, he's, he's he left, and now he's over here. He's one game away from the Super Bowl again. He's that fucking good. He's that good, man. So, hey, you know what? And He was born to do that shit. Yes, he was. Yeah. He, he, they asked him this question, and uh, uh, I believe Kobe kind of gave the same answer. Maybe uh, my boy Brian could help me out. But le preguntaron, they asked um, Tom Brady, which one is your favorite ring? Because he has five rings. <laughs> okay, and he said, my next one. Ande, cabrón. Like my that. next one, bro. 
So, yeah. and that's a good thing. Sin miedo al éxito, la verga. Yeah, you know, the that's thing is yeah. with him is that I want to win. Yeah, he wants I, to win. I want to win, yeah. bro. And, and let me tell you something. The, the way I am, I like to see people win, bro. That's right. I mean, think about this for a second. What enters a man's heart that he wants to look at somebody else and say, I hope he loses or I hope he fails? Why, why would you think that about someone? <sighs> I don't, I don't, but there's I some can't people. picture people thinking like that, you know. Yeah, well, everyone I know has their own struggle. Yeah. Everyone goes through their own fucking uh, situations and all we can hope for is for them to become successful in life, you know. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, you're right, right. Now, let me ask you this. For those that may not know, where originally are you from? Where did you grow up at? I I was born in Mexicali, okay. Baja California. Saludos a toda mi gente de Chicali. Uh, I was born out there, uh, and I came out here to the States. Well, I would say just across the border, Imperial Valley, uh, to our neighbors, when I was three years old. Oh, shit. What the hell was that? What's that? Everything good? Okay, go check. Uh, do me a favor. We're going to go ahead and go to a commercial break. And uh, welcome back, everybody, to Rhodium Radio. So, uh, first and foremost, there were fireworks. So, uh, without further ado, please allow me to introduce again MTO. MTO, you call me, but much love to my boy MTO. MTO. Because he just texted you right now. What's cracking, MTO? MTO. Uh, That's right, dog. Uh, I'm good. Oh, we're good, man. We're good. I thought fucking it was 4th of July. What the fuck? We're good, man. Some motherfucker threw a pack of firecrackers over the fence. No, pues está cabrón. Que nos invite, homie. Exactly, bro. So, other than that, let's uh, continue where we were. Oh, yeah. Where originally are you from? I'm from uh, originally born in Mexicali. Okay. In Chicali. So... I was born in Mexicali. Um, I came over here to the States, like I said, Imperial Valley when I turned uh, three years old. Mm -hmm. So I've been in Imperial Valley since I was three years old. I get to see, you know, it's, that's my that's my town. Okay. That's right. That'll work. That'll work. And um, you come from a big family? Uh, I would say it's four brothers, including myself, one sister. Um, no, it's just four of us. I don't, I, don't, I don't consider that a big family. Okay. You know, I think it's... Uh, it's um, a medium, right? Medium family, I would call it. But uh, definitely, uh, we're very tight. Okay, you know? that'll work. Uh, growing up, uh, what type of music would you say uh, you were raised with? Like, what type of music would your mother, what type of music would your father play? My mom used to, uh, my mom used to do, uh, she used to listen to uh, Mexican music. Like Los Temerarios. Okay. Los Bukis. Juan Gabriel. Um, all that legendary shit out there in Mexico. Right. You know, um, que más los caminantes, all that stuff. My dad will listen to a little bit of everything. Okay. And, and he used to like, um, uh, he likes rock and roll. Verdad? Even though he doesn't understand what the fuck they're saying. Right. right. I would say rock, the, the credence. Uh -huh. That's what they're called. Yeah. My dad, uh, loves them. Pero, shit, let me get a little close to the mic. And myself, I uh, I grew up listening to uh, to Tigres del Norte, Los Tucanes, um, fucking uh, rap, uh, Chicano rap, mainly Chicano rap. That's what I since I was a kid. Okay, Chicano okay. rap, yeah. 
You kind of rep. Okay, you know what? And that's kind of a new one right there because a lot of people that come here, the majority of the people that listen to music is pretty much been, if you will, like black rap. Okay, yeah. you know the Tupac's, the the Easy E's, you know, or the East Coast stuff like that. You know, but um, yeah, you know what? Uh, that that's interesting that you said you grew up on Chicano rap. How, how did you How did you get introduced to Chicano rap? As far as uh, was it friends? Was it people from the neighborhood? Or it was people from the neighborhood, the apartment complex where we were at. Uh-huh. Uh, most of us, like I said, most of us came from Hikali. So and, and, and even so, our parents knew each other. Uh-huh. You know, so we came out here. Uh, a few of them uh-huh. back in the eighties. I myself, I was here by ninety eighty nine. Okay, you know, so it was the eighties, late eighties, and uh, we were introduced to to Chicano rap. Myself, I was introduced to Chicano rap by my friends, okay. my homies, you know. Okay. He thought, thought, I mean, uh, I really, uh, at first, let me tell you, at first I didn't know what, what the concept of, of uh, the concept of Chicano rap was, right? I just heard some dude, as soon as I heard the dude say some Spanish words, I was like, that's me, that's us. You know, uh, like I said, I never grew up on Snoop, Andre, uh, Easy E NWA, no disrespect to them, you know. I know they're great. Right. Tupac's, I've never, I've never, I, I've never bought a CD from them. So to me, it was the first rapper I would say that I that I ever heard. Uh, it was Little Rob. Really, Little Rob was the first one I've heard. Wow. So, Do you remember pretty much like what song maybe? I remember where I was at, and the the song that uh, that it was uh, that was bumping at the time. I was at this party out there in Mexicali, but I was a little youngster. I was like eleven years old. And uh, there was a party. It was like a quinceanera. But some homies were bumping uh, the fucking speakers. They were blasting the speakers, right? And I heard that funk. Boom, 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 right? But I heard what I, I was hearing what the dude was saying. Right. And I thought that the that the homie was referring himself as uh, Little Rock. Oh. Little Rock. Little Rock. Right? So I was like, who is Little Rock? Right? And it was uh, uh, Jumping the Ride. That was the first song I heard. So, and uh, <laughs> that shit okay. distracted me though. Yeah, so uh, so it was uh, Jump in My Ride or Jump in the Ride. And after that is when everything just start, started piling up. So, I mean, you don't throw those Chicano rappers, you know? Right, right. Then I heard Brownside. Oh, okay. Brown, Brownside was something different though. Yeah. So that was that hardcore gangster rap. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And then uh, it was, uh, what else did I? And it was. Um, Oh, Spanish Fly, Rich Rock. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and so and and and, and other rappers. Okay, other rappers. Were you ever a fan like a proper those? You know what, dog? Uh, recientemente, in I've, I've been bumping uh, Frank V. Proper those. Oh yeah. I've never really listened to him. Never. I never really paid attention to his music like that. Wow. You know, all of a sudden I'm I'm on YouTube and I searched him. He has he had some good shit. Or he had some good shit. Right. Like the content was 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 tight. Yeah, I'm like okay, I like this song. I like this other song. So because when when he first came out, the ones I heard, and they were about like uh, empowering, you know, yeah. the brown side, the brown yeah. pride, and that's what I'm all about. You know, I've always I've always felt that uh that us Mexicans, we have a lot of talent. Yeah, we do. We just don't get put on like that. Right. You know, and 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 uh, I'm one of them. I consider myself a person that has been doing it since I was 11 years old. Uh huh. You know, and and I don't get put on like that. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find your way. You know, yeah, to do yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, around what age would you say you were inspired or motivated to actually start rapping or start writing? Right after I heard the 
Little Rob Brownside. And about how old were you? Say, you I was say? I was uh, twelve years old, okay. eleven, twelve. Because I remember I was I was in sixth grade, and I was already writing songs, uh -huh. which they sucked at the time, right? I consider they sucked. Uh, but I was listening to, uh, no, I'm sorry. I was writing lyrics already and I was trying to, I was trying to come up as a little rapper in the neighborhood. And, uh, but of course the homies didn't fucking believe in what I was, but I kept, I, I kept with it. I kept with it. I started writing. I kind of mastered it, but that was the age really, really young, really young, 11 okay. years old, 12 years old. Okay. And, you know? uh, when you started writing stuff, were you, of like sharing it with like some of the homies and if you did like what was their response uh you know back in the day i felt like uh it was a little private for me okay it was just private i kept it to myself i just thought that they were gonna they were gonna like the what i was doing Como que no les iba a gustar, you know right, right, right. they were gonna clown but uh what i did i asked my moms to buy me uh, a keyboard okay right, a keyboard and then she bought me uh, a karaoke machine and then she bought me little things here and there. That was like every Christmas. It's not like she bought me everything off, like, not being she compra, you know? It was like, right, okay. Right. And, uh, and I, I used to come from school, get home from, uh, get home from school. I locked myself in the room and I started playing and I learned how to play the keyboard by ear. Really? So I, I'm, I, I started making my own beats. Wow. Cause at the time, you gotta, you gotta understand. I mean, I was, uh, and this is late 90s though, yeah. but I was, I was a youngster. I didn't have no money to go to the studio. I didn't have a license to drive myself up there. Right. So I really wanted to be part of it. So what I, que lo que hice yo, I just, I just started making my own little beats, writing my songs. And I used to record myself before the karaoke machine. I used to put myself real, real close to like, you know, those, those grabadoras with the microphone on them. Yeah. I fucking used to, uh, I used to read the lyrics one, one take, right? It didn't sound good though. But it was the way I was supposedly recording myself, right. making my own my own little songs, and then the homies heard them after a while, and it was like, all right, he raps, that's it. Okay. You know? Now, now, when you were recorded and you were played back, did you like what you heard? No, not at all. What? What? Why? Why was that? My voice, I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that I wasn't getting. Uh, I didn't have a rhythm to the song. Okay. You know, I didn't have the like the rhyming pattern. I didn't know. I didn't know what a 16 was. Okay. You know, I didn't know the bars. I didn't know when to, when to jump in the song, at what time, what was the perfect time to do so. You know, I never knew about the four or six or eight bars, right. the beat before you come in. So I'll just jump on it and then, uh, I'll just try to make it sound like it was good. But at the end of the day, it was like, it sounded like shit to me, you I know, but I, I kept those tapes. Oh, wow. I kept those tapes. My mom has them. Really? Yeah. 12 wow. years old. And I tell you this much, my voice sounded the same. Sounds the same. I've so, always, I've always made my, my voice sound deep. Uh huh. Yeah. So, so if you go back, it's not like I sound like a morrillo. Okay. You know, now, like a nightmare. Uh, no, no, no. When you did that, did you let other people hear it? Uh, yeah. I used to, I used to, uh, I used to invite the, the homies from the neighborhood, uh -huh. the ones my age, you know, right. Mal Grandes, the ones that grew up, uh, with me in school. Right. And used to take him into my, my studio, right? Right. El cuarto. So we go in there and I wanted all of them to fucking start rapping with me. Like do our little neighborhood click. Right. But uh, most of them, it's like they like what they were hearing, but they didn't want to jump on the song. They didn't want to be rappers. Right. But uh, but they liked it. They liked it, though. And in my, in, in my opinion, I didn't like what I was what I was hearing. 
You know, right. I think uh, I think it's like everything, man. You 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 get better as you master it. Right. You right. know, so I would say that by the time I reached uh, a los quince, fourteen, fifteen, it's when I got introduced to the first home studio. Oh, okay. You know, okay. The homies, uh, the homies had a, a fucking uh, the computer, the microphone, and all that, and I used to just go in there, and there was a room where they cuando lavaban. You know, they had a, a a sheet just hanging there, right? Trying to do the what do you call it the 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 soundproof, right, 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 right. And that's when I first started rapping, though, really, really rapping, putting stuff on CD. And I, I, I to to my to my knowledge, I think it did sound good, good, good. because I took it to high school. Okay, and, what and then the, I used what to play it to, to teachers in high school. Okay, I played it, but I never let them know that it was me, because I wanted to hear their their real the real opinion yeah you know i didn't want them to be like oh it's cool because it's you right i used to play it and they was like yeah who is this guy like he's, he sounds good yeah and i'm like oh it's because i like his shit right and then afterwards i'd be like that's me but they didn't believe it was me <laughs> I'm like, that's me that's me all right check it out we're gonna go ahead and press pause right there we're gonna come that's back right. we're gonna take a 10 minute break and uh we'll be back with more nightmare that's right all right everybody uh once again call somebody text somebody slap shit out somebody as a matter of fact light some motherfucking fireworks we'll be back right now with nightmare 10 minutes don't fuck around we'll be back welcome back everybody to rodian radio episode 127 and uh i'm not gonna waste any more time we'll just go ahead and jump right into it with Nightmare. How you doing? Pesadilla, el pesadilla. That's right. El pesadilla. I'm good, carnal. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Hey, thank you for having me, first of all. Oh, well, thank you. Gracias, well, thank you for coming so, down, baby, bro. Like you drove, drove a nice little long ways. <laughs> but it, you know what? You're here. I'm here. Okay. Thank God. Yes. So uh, let me ask you this. So you started showing the demo off in high school to your buddies. Same one. The, the, the feedback was actually positive. It was good. It was positive. Okay, it's positive. Now, uh, do you remember when you released or when you started working on your first project or first single? Yeah, I was uh, I was 17 years old. Okay. I was 17 years old. I was still in high school, uh, 16, going on 17. And uh, I I got a, pretty much, I got plugged in into this little home studio mm -hmm. through a, a good friend of mine. He goes by uh, the name of Minded. So much love to Minded. He introduced me to that. I would say that, that a digital studio. Okay. You know, because I was doing cassette things and all that. So the first time I really started recording an album, right? Uh, and it was, uh, when I was 17, I did, um, si no me equivoco, homie, I did like 13 tracks. Really? Yeah, I produced all the beats. It's actually on my channel. Really? So when I was 17 years, I even got the picture of when I was 16, 17. Mm -hmm. So it has 13 rolas. Uh, all the production is done by me. So I wow. mean, I didn't, like I said, ahorita ya tienes, you know, they, they, they got all the, with the computer, you can do a lot, you know? Of course. You can boost up, like, sounds in here and there. So back then, we didn't know what the fuck was going on. It's like we were producers like that or engineers, nevertheless, you know? But uh, but we did what we could, you know? And, and the music sounded good in our ears, right? Para nosotros. And, and all the homies uh, really liked it. They liked right. it. And that was my first project I ever recorded. 17. Wow. 17. Then the second one. It's also on my on my YouTube channel. All this music, I, I'm about to release it on on the barely, barely, on the digital platforms. Okay. So the second one was uh, it's called the Sinister. Okay. Nightmare the Sinister. The first one's called 
uh, I named it Top Notch. And, and why Top Notch out of, out of all names? Out of all names, because I thought that it was going to be the first one, the first baby I ever put together. So in my mind, I was like, this is the top notch shit that I, I got to do the best songs I, I can possibly possibly can. So I really thought that it was I did a, a hell of a work with, right, the, right, with, right. The, with my I, I thought so, you know, but it's only puts a top notch. And uh, and the second one was the sinister. It was a little darker. Right. Because I was going through some moments, you know, in life where I was I was I was uh, a youngster. I was what, 20, 19, 20. Mm -hmm. But that album I recorded out there in San Diego. So it was more professional quality, studio yeah. quality. The beats also as well were banging beats, West Coast shit. And uh, I think I did improve a lot. I improved a lot from my first, you know, my uh, my first album yeah. going into the Sinister. How, how, how did your first album do? The first album, you know what? I, I made myself, uh, I would say, um, I made myself a bet. I said, you know what? I'm going to make some copies. So I went to fucking Staples. <laughs> you feel me? I went to Staples. I didn't, I didn't have a photographer. Okay. So what I did, I just took off a, 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 a picture uh, that someone took of me when I was 16 at the time. And I'm in front of uh, my brother's Camaro. So it's a blurry picture right when you put it together on the album. And then the, the, on, the, on, the, on the back of the CD... It was just the song that the, the the name of the song is right. He puso un panteón. That was that, you know. Okay. And uh, and people actually liked it because I sold the CD for five bucks. So I went around town selling my own CD. Okay. And they were buying that shit. And uh, and I only made a certain amount of copies. So I made like fucking two hundred copies. Wow. Okay. You know? So I got my money back. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you have to. Hustle like you that. Have, you have to hustle. You have to invest, and I know that. And uh, and most of the time, you don't get to see that money come back. But if you love the game, if you love music, if you're passionate about it, keep doing it. Eventually, one day it's gonna pay off. Yeah, you know, yeah. because I'm talking. This is this is a dream I've had since I was 11 years old. Not many rappers can say that. I'm 34 now. Yeah, a lot of rappers. Oh, no disrespect, you know, and 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 much much love to them, and and keep doing what you guys are doing. Um, some of them have the opportunity, the chance, and even they they have the luck. Where I, I would, I'm not going to take away their talent. You know, right. they could be talented that they start, let's just say, when they're 20, and by the time they hit 23, they're already known everywhere. Yeah, it could be because uh, they really put in work. Because uh, I've al I've always thought that myself, I'm, I'm away, bro. I'm I'm in Imperial Valley. I no hay nada la verga. You know, we don't have fucking studios. We don't, we, 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 the first mall we ever ha had out there. Right. This was back in 2005. The first mall. Wow. Ever out there. So, I asked puro barrio, you know, pura raza que nos conocemos and, and what do we do for fun? Go out to the park. They play basketball, soccer, chill with the homies, you know, in, in fucking high school, just buddies, you know, camaradas. Yeah. So, um, we didn't have much, so that was to me it was a it was a disadvantage, I would say. You know, it was a disadvantage because right. at the time I didn't have the money. Of course, I was young. I didn't have homies that were involved in music. Right. You know, I had to pretty much myself. I I fucking kick doors myself, abrir, you know, yeah. crack them windows, let myself in. I well, and it's still like that. It's it's still like that. It's a journey. 
I love it, man, because I mean, I, I could say this if I ever go back and I'm not I'm not thinking of myself being a, a successful fucking I'm, I don't think of myself being the best or I don't want to compete with anyone. I'm just competing with myself. Right. To right. me, I, I, I love this. I don't even see it as a sport. I see it as passion. I see it as I need it, you know. Right. I need to go in the studio and, and just uh, hear the music, write lyrics. Um, you know how it is, man. Sometimes you're you're sleeping at fucking one in the morning and boom, te levantas. You're like, oh, shit, some ideas pop in your head. That's music, man. That's for music lovers, you know? Right. That's right. when you really do it from the heart. And you've been doing it for a minute. So you know you know what I'm talking about. Right. You know, since right. you were what? What age were you? Dude, I, I've been in the music business in 1987. Fíjate. 1987, bro. I was born in 86, carnal. Yeah. I was yeah. a year old when you were already doing this shit. You know, but, but let me tell you something that is very, very true in this business, man. And if you ever want to make it, it's that, I mean, you sold CDs, I sold mixtapes. Yeah. Okay. And this is in the 80s. And I was very fortunate to meet the people that I met through, exactly. th through this man, Steve, you know, this Steve man, Yano. Steve Yano. Yeah. Uh, who sold at the Rodian Swami. That's why we call it the Rodian Radio. Yeah. He's the one that introduced me to everybody in this business. And I always give credit where credit is due because if it wasn't for him, I probably would not be sitting here. I probably would not have ever had a record deal. I probably wouldn't be doing those mixtapes. I probably would have never have met Dre, Cube, Easy. Probably yes. never would have met Quick, Secretary, AMG, High C. Right. Probably would have never been on tour. Exactly. But if you trace it all back, it all goes back to him. So, you know, we always got to thank people. Thank people and most, most and foremost, thank God. Yes, absolutely. God puts things in your place, carnal, that sometimes you don't even imagine how that. I, I, I always tell my family, I always knew f since I was, I have a, I have a, a homework I made back when I was 11 years old. And, it, and they asked me, what do you want to do when you grow up? I said, I want to be a rapper. I want to meet these, these, these uh, artists, right. this rapper, this other rapper. And I met them. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, I've been around rappers. I've been, but then again, it that doesn't define my career. Right. They're not going to define my career because it. I have to put in the work myself. You know, and and I know what it is. I know what it is. I'm still going through it. You know, it's it's it, like I said, it it is a journey. It is an experience. But at the end of the day, is when you when you go back and you trace it and you look back and you're like, fuck. A la verga, you know, I kept doing this shit. I kept going. I'm proud of myself. Right. Pat yourself, pat, can we say pat yourself on the back? <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. That's right, man. That's, that's all you can do. Right. You know, and enjoy, and enjoy the, the grind, the struggle. Yeah. Appreciate the struggle. Absolutely. You know, because that's when, when you know where you're at. You know, you know where, where your feet are, are at. Yeah. You know, you don't, yeah. no te, no te levas, pues, you know. You know, I was successful in the music industry, okay, um, and I'm thankful that I was able to get a gold record because that that was my that's what's up. That was my, if you will, my goal. Your goal. I I wanted to accomplish. Seven. Of course, I wish I could have sold more, but half a million records. But then is you an put your you put your mind into it and you made it happen. Right, I made it happen. See, that's what I'm saying. That's that's a that that's an act of God. Right. I believe in that. I yeah. believe in destiny. I believe in all that. Right. No, now, so. one thing that my father said to me years ago, he said that, of course, it sounds better in Spanish. He said that food tastes better when you worked hard for a it. Huevo. A huevo. Okay. You know, yeah, nothing's really going to come easy. You know, yeah. I mean, you're going to go through the struggle. And if it comes easy, what happens? Yes. No le tomas aprecio. 
Yeah. You don't appreciate it as much right. as when, when you were, uh, uh, sweating, crying out for this shit, you know, right. bleeding for this shit. It's like, it tastes better. Yeah. You know, it feels better when you know you earned it yourself. You know, with, the, with hard work. And I say this to encourage not only young artists, but even artists that are probably struggling and maybe thinking about giving up. This is a quote that people kind of give the credit to Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't even know if he ever really said it, but it's a powerful quote. He said that many people want to take the elevator to success when you have to take the stairs. The stairs. I've heard that before. You know, I don't know if he said it. Right. But um, why you have to see the journey yeah. with your with your own eyes. Tienes que mirarlo, you know, and, and, and appreciate it. Because a lot of people go through it, but they don't appreciate it. They complain about it. Right. They're like, fuck that. But it's like, would you do it all over again just to be at this, in this position you're in? I bet so. Yeah. You know, if you're successful now, and like I said, God is everything, carnal. Okay? Yeah. Shit gets put in place for a reason. Right. So sometimes right. it's, it's a struggle that you got to appreciate the most. I wish that I could, of course, like everybody else, bro, I wish that I could have made things different, you know, different decisions, you know, but, you know, through those, through those mistakes or people want to call them failures or going through the wilderness, if you will, you gain wisdom, you gain knowledge and you come out of it more successful. Yeah, exactly. And I think that uh, myself at a young age, I'm not that young, you know, but I'm still young. I consider myself young. I think I want to I want to embed that in my head, the, the positive things. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, I mean, I was younger and I was going through my little rough moments, but that shit didn't get me anywhere. You know, right. I can't go out there and and, and try to try to uh, perro, you know, because I'm mad and shit. I'm like, hey, I got to work hard for my shit. You know, I got to work hard for my shit. No one isn't like it is no one's fault. If, if you don't, if you don't, uh, get to where you're trying to get, right. you know, you have to, you have to hustle. You know, eso lo tengo en mi cabeza desde morrito, you know, cause I was, like I said, check this out. I was born in Mexicali. My family's from Mexicali. I'm out there three, four times a week. Uh -huh. I'm good out there. You know, I got people that love me out there. I mean, I, I have family out there. And then when we, when we came over here to the States, this is real shit. My mom used to sell candy mm -hmm. and food, comida, you know, en los, en los apartamentos where we lived. And it made me, she, and, and, and not just that though, she worked the fields. She worked the fucking fields, man. Yeah. I worked the fields myself. I fucking worked at the lettuce, onion, fucking stacking up uh, all kinds of, I worked those jobs as well. That cabrón levantarse, getting up at fucking two in the morning to just save your spot because you go in at six. So we have to we have to drive to this certain place where all the fuel workers hang by, right? Right. Just so they can secure their shift. It's like that. And uh and los vatos se esperan ahí desde las two and then they take off like carpool, right? And of course you gotta pay your, your carpool. You know, you gotta pay the gas. And then uh uh you wait there in the fucking car freezing is the middle of December, yeah. January, February, at fucking four in the morning, freezing, waiting till six o'clock in the morning arrives then orale acá chingarle yeah. you know you go in there y empiezas a, 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 I work uh, celery el apio Pinchy, I was a fucking ninja with that shit <laughs> I got good at that shit but that wasn't I didn't want to do that all my life right you know and then I worked at uh, I worked I've had my job still but what I'm trying to say about my mom is that she worked at uh, she worked in fields and then and then some you know right. to make ends meet but we got to understand though everyone 
we're, we're blessed out here in the U.S. Yes, absolutely. We're blessed. We have fucking government housing, government assistant, assistance. I'm sorry. Uh, las pinches, el, el, el desempleo, el, el, las estampillas, carnal. <laughs> you know that out there in Mexico, and I don't mean to bring this up, but this is for, for all you spoiled babies. You know that out there in Mexico, if you don't work, you don't eat. Period. Not just in Mexico, in third world countries. And I know that in Nigeria, Nigeria, uh, the kids, the tribes out there, they eat mud. They made like mud, shit like that, you know? You, you know so what, you learn to appreciate shit like that. And I'm glad you said that, that if you don't work, you don't eat. I want to share something with you because it happened to me a long time ago at a gas station. I had a, a little Bible, like a little pocket Bible. Yeah. Okay. And um, I had it in my little compartment. One guy comes up to me. By the way, this guy ruined it for me giving money to anybody coming up to me asking. He comes up to me, he goes, excuse me, sir, do you have any money that I can have? And I said, bro, I don't give away money. I work for yeah. my money. Yeah. And he goes like, yeah, but I'm really, really hungry. And I said, come on, I'll go inside, buy you I'll something. Buy I think you. I was like at an A and PM or something. And he was like, no, I'd rather just take the money. And I said, bro, don't lie to me. Exactly. I said, don't lie to me. So I said, okay, hold on. Let me go inside and get some change. So here's what I did. Grab the $5. You need know, to get money back. Grab the five bucks. And I told uh, my boy, I said, you know what? Uh, go in the glove apartment. It's a little pocket Bible. So I went ahead and put, put it in the, the Bible, the $5. It was sticking out about this much. So I handed it to him. Okay. And here's what he did. No lie. He with his fingers, he grabbed the five dollars and pulled them out. And I said, no, no, I'm giving you the Bible, too. And here's what he said. He goes, no, because that Bible tells me I have to work for this. Charlie, he said, that. that's what he said, bro. It's like that, man. It's like that. And uh, and I'm glad you brought that up because I've done that before where I'm like, I gave money like most most of us have given, given away money. And I mean, it's I, I can't I can't judge people. También, you know, most yeah. of them are junkies. Most of them are on their right. shit. It's a sad world. Carnal. It's yeah. a sad world. But I, I, what I do now, and I'm, I started doing, I go out there, like I said, I'm from Mexicali mm -hmm. as well. You know, it's, it's the, the connection right there in Imperial, Mexicali. I go out there every so, so uh, certain time, and I take out uh, uh, sandwiches, chips, sodas. And me paro ahí en un pinche parque, and I give it out to the people. Yeah. Make a line, you know, boom, boom, boom. O sea, right. uh, let your homies know that we're giving shit away, you know, because right. I know what it is i know how the struggle is i worked them jobs i see my jefa and worked her ass off right you know when i was a kid i'd be embarrassed you know okay like if i still have to end the comida they laughed and shit and i was like yeah fuck it you know it is what it is but now seeing it as an adult i'm like this is an example they lead that that, that we're, we're supposed to take this as an example uh not everything is given to someone yeah yeah no. no, you're right. You're right. And we need to be, we need to be thankful for that. But you know, switching gears here up a yeah. little bit because we're running out of time here. What can people expect from Nightmare? Anything 2021? Uh, uh, fill us in individuals and in your music. Any Matter of fact, I'm going to, this is, this is what, what we got right now. This is the actual album. It has 13 tracks. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's called Dia de la Independencia. Okay. All Span, Spanglish. And this is, uh, this one came out 2019. Okay. I pressed copies. I sold them all. This is the last copy for real though. I don't lie, homie. Okay. The, the last copy and I brought it because I want, I don't know how you, how you want to do it, but one of your viewers is going to get it. I can just go back home, ship it out with a poster, signed poster. Okay. So I don't know how you want to manage that though, but I want to give it away. This, this is a, an album. Let me, let me shout out the homies. Yeah. I want to shout out, uh, uh, VMF for the production, uh, YK1, the homie, uh, what's it called? Seldom Seen. Yeah. The homie Seldom Seen. Uh, the homie Kiki Romero. Uh, uh, the homie, uh, I got a, fuck, 
I can't even see that the, the damn fucking letters don't. <laughs> but uh, let me, yeah. And, and right now I'm actually working on the on the newest project. Okay. And uh, I'm already six or seven songs in. I got the I got the homie uh, Romero from Clica One on it. Okay. So much love to Romero. What's up from Vegas and uh, New Mexico. Okay. I got GPA out of San Diego. Okay. I mean GPA. What's up to GPA? I got a uh, uh, who else do I have? I have Cosme. He's bad with them hooks, man. He does a lot of good singing, and uh, and we'll see who who else will come out, you know. But I'm 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 talking to a certain artist, and uh, I'm working on that. I got my own uh, my clothing brand. Okay, it's called Azteca Imperial. Azteca okay. because I'm Mexican in Imperial for by Imperial. Yeah. So uh, I get I'm getting a lot of love from Mexico, La República de, Me La República de Mexico, from Michoacán, from uh, Baja California, El DF. Uh, Guanatos, you know, uh, shit, uh, everywhere, everywhere, man. Uh, Puebla, Morelos, everywhere. Awesome. So, La Raza is a toa madre, you know. And I had a chance, bro. I want to shout out my homie, Little Rob. Go for What's it. What's going on, Rob? Uh, I had a chance to kick it with him just uh, last week. And we uh, we had a good conversation. Thanks to uh, my homie, MTO. MTO, I'm sorry, MTO, who uh, linked me up with him. Right. Yeah, it was cool, man. You know, great advice from the legend. I call him the legend, man. Yeah. You know, the legend. Uh, great advice, great conversation, and nothing but positivity. Right. With right. the homies. So, so what's up? QLA Little Rob, QLA MTO, and, uh, and all the homies, man. All the awesome, homies that are supporting. Awesome, bro. So, homie Saint, what's up? So, we could definitely expect something new 2021. 2021, Simone. I okay. got videos. I want them, I want to encourage everyone if you, if you have heard of me. And you like my musica, go on there. That's what I have right now. Okay. The YouTube channel. Okay. And what's the name of the YouTube channel? It's called Nightmare Official. Nightmare Official. Okay. Nightmare with the K. Official. That'll work. And that's that. And uh, I got my Instagram and everything, man. Just follow me on Facebook. That's where I'm at the most. Okay. Facebook. I don't even know how to fucking work Instagram. <laughs> but I've seen it, though. I've seen you guys know how to work that shit. I, I, I'm better at Instagram than I am Facebook. But Is to me, right? Facebook, even though I'm an old fool from the old school, you know what? Yeah. I, I really don't. Fuck with Facebook, bro. Yeah. Facebook but, is my shit. I don't know for what for what reason though, but I like Facebook though. That'll work. But I'm trying to I'm trying to get it together with uh Instagram. Okay. Okay. That'll Same work, more. man. Well, first and foremost, I'm gonna tell you thank you for coming through, hanging out with me. Carnal. And it's uh, a pleasure. Yes. Uh meeting you for the it, it, it was uh it was um long awaited. Yes. Long awaited. And, and you know what? This won't be the last time you you'll be here. So you're scared. So All right. Other than that, we're going to go ahead and take a 10 minute break. So we're going to come right back after a 10 minute break. Don't fuck around. 10 minutes. And you know who just walked in? Who's the that? Mexican Trap Queen. You know that? Orale. I think I've seen it. Yeah. 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 So nah, I saw her. We'll be back in. 10 minutes. Don't fuck around. See more nightmare. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodium Radio episode 127. Did I get it right? 127? Okay. I always keep wanting to say 125 or 126, but it's 127. So, but you know what? We're just going to go ahead and jump right into it with our very special guest, the ones you all been waiting for, Dahlia Z, the Mexican Trap Queen in the building. Hey, thank you, Tony. How you doing? I'm doing very good. Thank yeah. you so much for having me here. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, you know what? It's a pleasure to have you here because I know in the past, I think it was sometime last year, mm -hmm. we talked. We had a schedule set and then something happened. Unfortunately, things like that happen. People want to be rescheduled, yeah. but we made it happen. Yes. So, and I'm glad you're here. Just, yes, to be here. just like when we talked over the phone, I've always said, you know what, uh, that this platform was created, especially for independent artists, uh, especially, uh, 
people that I like to push as far as Raza is concerned, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I feel that uh, we need that extra push. Uh, we need a little bit of that limelight. So I'm here to shine light on people like yourself. You know, and I want to thank you for that. You know, congratulations on your show. I yeah. love your show. And I want to thank you just for doing something for La Raza. Thank you. You know, like it's really, I love it. And, you know, thank you because we really definitely needed this. Thank we you. We need this. And, and you know what? I encourage people as well that, you know, they, they should start their own podcast. They should uh, uh, put people on as well and promote, not just pick and choose, but give everybody an opportunity, you know? And that's what I want to do. If there's anything that I want to be remembered for is that I helped uh, our yes. people. That's what I want to do. And that's not... Too many of this, you know, right. too many Rasa trying to help the Rasa, you right. know, and I, I love this. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So now today is Sunday. I'm a sports guy. Do you watch any sports at all? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm not really into sports, <laughs> but you know, because I'm Mexican, we love boxing. Boxing. You know, that's basically, I watch bo- boxing because, you know, I grew up watching boxing. Okay. But no, I'm not really into sports unless you know i go because there's something to do but no okay have you ever tried like giving uh football a chance because most people don't understand it yeah i kind of (laughs) don't i kind of don't understand it okay i know yeah okay what about soccer you like soccer at all no no i never really been into it really yeah i never you know i was more like i mean i'll play sport i was I used to run, you know, I used to be in track. And oh, okay. I, do, I work out a lot. Okay. Yeah. I'm really into working out. Don't get me wrong, you know, but me watching sports, like sitting there and watch, or, you know, being excited about going to a game. Like, <laughs> I, you know. It's like, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you, you ever attended any boxing matches? I have, and, you know, in Vegas, but not like when I was, you know, okay. with my family when I was younger, but no, no. You, you know, uh, I'm more of like late 1980s, early 90s boxing fan. Mm-hmm. Of course, Julio Cesar Chavez. Yes. Of course, uh, like Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, and all those greats. I love Mike Tyson. Yes. Oh, yeah. Everybody does. You know, and I just sometimes I look at Mike Tyson and we always think, man, if he would have just kept his head on straight, he would have probably been the greatest, even though some people do consider him the yeah. greatest ever, you know. But that guy, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something. I don't know if you ever had a chance to meet Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Okay, I met Mike Tyson in his prime, and uh, he was. We were in a club, and I was with my, the group that I was with, mm-hmm. and we're all walking. I'm the I'm the last one. They're all shaking hands. They're all shaking hands with him. Then it finally comes my turn, and this man was literally like this, and I'm not talking about fat, but really the más grande, that yeah. big, and it was so intimidating. I don't care even with his small voice. Hey, what's up? Even though he talked like that, did it matter? His size was intimidating. Me dio miedo. You know, I was like, holy shit. Now, uh, I was always in Vegas and I met, I got to meet all my favorite boxers. Okay. Cause I would say boxing was my number one sport than football, but I met Julio Cesar Chavez. Really? Yes. Now, Tyson intimidated me. One thing that kind of like made me go, hmm, about Julio. When I shook his hands, he had the softest hands in the world. Really? And, and you know, he's a naturally heavy-handed boxer, knocking everybody out. But his hands were like, I wait. Like, it was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. So those are my two uh, boxing legend experiences. Mm-hmm. 
Because I don't know if you know, but in Mexico, like, we don't pay for fights. No? Like, boxing is so big over there. Mm -hmm. No. Like, that's why everybody watches boxing, because the fights are, yeah, we can get them for, yeah, we don't have to pay for them. <laughs> that's how big boxing is right. in Mexico. Yeah. And over here, almost a hundred damn dollars for pay-per-view. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, now, now let me ask you this. Um, uh, just to back up just a little bit, uh, how was your New Year's? It was safe. safe. You know, I said, yeah, I make sure I was somewhere safe, you know, <laughs> You know, right now, I kind of just, that's what I've been trying to do is too many things going on. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, in this pan I, this pandemic thing has slowed things down so, so much. Yeah. You know, uh, you could hardly perform, you could do anything really, you know, so, and we don't know how much longer uh, it's going to continue. Yeah. I mean, it's already been, what, a year? Yeah. Pretty much a year now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I still, I still keep thinking a couple yeah, of months. Yeah, you know, you know. I mean, what makes us think that it's going to go away? Yeah. Right. Might be the new norm. Mm -hmm. Now, now let me ask you this. Uh, where originally are you from? I am from Sonora. Sonora. I am from Puerto Peñasco, Sonora. I'm from the border. Okay. Yeah, I'm a border girl. Okay. <laughs> and uh, were you born and raised there? Uh, I was, okay. So I was born in Puerto Peñasco. My family was one of the, like the first families to get to Puerto Peñasco when it was like the beach and desert. Okay. So it was like 25,000 people when I was growing up there. Now it's like 250,000. Wow. So you can imagine how much it has. You know, so my family was one of like the first families there. So they're like very known. You know, so that's where I grew up until I was like 13. And then we came, we came to Arizona. I okay. came to Arizona with my family. So that, you know, I was 13 years old. Okay. Now, growing up in Mexico, going to Arizona, uh, silly question, but how much different really was it? And were you comfortable living in Arizona? Well, it was a difference, yeah. you know, because, you know, you, you're coming to the big city. Like I said, when I was there, it was a small town. And I mean, when we came, my family didn't have no papers. I mean, we came, you right. know. You guys so just we didn't have no papers. We didn't know how it was going to start. We didn't know basically how it was going to work out. Right. You know, yeah, like I was basically the one that told my mom. I always grew up thinking like, I I want to go to the United States one day, you know, because we had, I um, mean, I used to come to Arizona when I was little, ever since I was little, you know, back and forth, but just like visit. And I always knew, like, I wanted, I didn't want to be over there. You know, like, it was too, it was just, I just wanted more. Yeah. I always wanted more. Yeah. yeah, you wanted to see more. And most people that live outside of the United States, uh, and, and I'm glad you're sharing this because we are blessed and fortunate to be here. Yeah. A, a lot of people, uh, look, you don't necessarily have to agree with all the laws and what's going on in America. But I'm not an America basher, Okay. But I will say this because when my family came from Mexico, you know, mm -hmm. they told me life was better over here. You know, that's what yeah. my parents told me. My life was better over here. So I was happy for that. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to live in any other country. Mm -mm. In any other country. Now, uh, in all fairness, I'm going to say this, okay? I I've never been a Trump supporter. I really never really supported too many presidents, period, okay? But I will say this. If you go somewhere like to the Middle East, 
and let's just say you bash their prime minister or you bash their ruler or whatever, it's off with your head. They'll kill you over there. Period. <laughs> Here, we practice freedom of speech and we can pretty much say whatever we want to everybody, but that kind of, in a sense, makes us ungrateful. So I think to a certain extent, extent we need to be thankful that we're here. Oh, definitely. You know, so, because we could pretty much live out our dreams definitely. here. And and I, that's pretty much what you're sharing is that you wanted more, you wanted to see more, yes. and now you're living And just like Nightmare was saying, over there, like over here, we're so blessed to have so many things like food stamps, house assistance, unemployment. Yes. Over there, if your neighbor don't got it, then you don't got it. Like you have, I remember me having to knock on the neighbor's door, like go ask for two eggs, go ask for some uh, taza de azúcar, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you never didn't have it, then you didn't have it. No, that's very, very true. So it, definitely we, you know, we should feel blessed. You know, you know and to add to that, I saw a documentary about homeless people about 10 years ago. Okay. 10 years ago. And, they were estimating between 60 to 70,000 people just in LA alone are homeless. I saw that. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, how, you know, you can get financial aid, you can get government assistance. You, there's, there's low income housing. There's uh, uh, I mean, shit, even if you go to jail, you get three meals, Yeah. you know, I, I mean, we're blessed to be here and I just think a lot of times we don't realize that. Yeah. You know. And I saw that and, and it really breaks my heart because I'm a person that I can't see that. I, I like to help. Yeah. I I love to help. I have helped a, a lot of people. Yeah. And I and I honestly like I, I love to help people that actually deserve the help and they want the help, you know, because some people, like you said, they're out here, you know, <laughs> on drugs or you know, and they're young. Yeah. You know that they, you know, you they know. can do better, but in that same documentary, and and correct me if I'm wrong, everybody listening, they were saying that the average panhandler makes about five hundred a week. Wow. The, the average, okay, that's a lot of freaking right? money. Right, we're know? in the wrong business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and and man, they're probably making more money than some of, some of these rappers. Yeah, I, I heard things like that, and I think that's you know that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So now, uh, um, growing up. In a Mexican home, uh, whether it was in Mexico or in Arizona, what type of music would you say your mother or your father played that you were raised with? Well, in my house, my mom listened to Luis Miguel. Luis Miguel. Lucero, Juan Gabriel. Oh, yeah. You know, Selena, mm -hmm. um, Rocio Dulca. You know, and she also was a big fan of Michael Jackson. <laughs> and she also was a big fan of Prince. Yeah. So she, you know, she, it was a lot playing at the house. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and those are all great artists, mm -hmm. all great artists. Uh, Luis Miguel, I know for, I think it was in the late nineties, he released three albums called Romance, Romance Uno, Dos, Tres, and where he remade all these boleros and he yeah. like, m like modernized them, if you will. Some of my favorite boleros was sang from yeah. him. You know, a, a guy with an amazing, amazing voice. Amazing. Uh, 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 Juan, you know, uh, that was my mom's favorite singer, you know. And I'm thankful before, you know, my mom passed away that she got a chance to meet Juan Gabriel. So, yeah. You know, he, he, he was, a, he, he's somebody that I would call, and maybe you can correct me on this one. He was like maybe Mexico's Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. So he, definitely. Yeah, he was that big. So, yes. That big. <laughs> yeah. So now, 
Well, share with us at what point in time were you introduced to rap or hip hop music? Like, about how old were you when you when you started hearing the music? Like, I always give my story. I was in sixth grade, and my first song was Rapper's Delight. When I came over here, okay, you know, it was like Fifty Cent playing, <laughs> you know, Little Wayne and all that. But my sister used to listen a lot to E Forty. Okay. And I, I used to really, I, I still like him a lot. Really? You know? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. And, um, but yeah, when I came over here, that's basically what it was, you know, playing and what I used to kind of listen to, you know. But that was kind of like the first rap that I, that I you know. Okay. Well, I think, but the first like rapper, rapper that I listened to, it was, I don't know if you know about um, El General. Of course. Yeah. El you know, General. that was our. Yeah. Even though he wasn't Mexican, but that was our guy. You know? That was the guy that I couldn't remember the other day. We were talking about him. He had that uh, boom, boom, mommy, mommy. That's the Levanta one. Levanta la mano si te gusta marihuana. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, that song is just still, yeah. you know, like still El General right now. Like, if you don't play it at a party, like, you know. Right. El General. You know what? But that was like, yeah, that was like the first actually like rapper that I that I remember. You know, it's funny. Uh, uh you making me feel old because I, I performed and did shows with that guy. Really? The General, yeah. 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 Cool dude. Real cool dude. And it was funny because we were doing an all hip hop show mm -hmm. and he was on there, you know, on, on the card to perform. And uh, I remember he was backstage and the way he looked on his album cover is the same way he would dress. And uh -huh. he would tell me, he goes, you know, say, he goes, uh, porque yo no soy hip hop. <laughs> you know, say, como, como le va a gustar. But when he fucking went out there, the fucking crowd went insane. Yeah. They went insane. You know, because he wasn't unsure. He, cause everybody else was doing rap. Mm -hmm. So his was a little different. So he thought maybe people weren't going to yeah. receive him or whatnot. So now, uh, let me ask you this. At all, I, I like to ask these questions because I, I like to kind of dig inside the brain of a, of a rapper or a trap queen like yourself. Uh, are you a fan of any East Coast rap? Yeah. Okay. I like 50 Cent. You know, I, I love Miss Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I listen to a lot of um trap Latino, like in Spanish, you know? Yeah. Anuel, you know, trap. I love him. Okay. Know? And um, I listen to, you know, Brian Myers. And, I mean, I, just some of them, you know, but not... Right now, I'm not really listening to anything, honestly, okay. because I'm like working in my sound and myself. And when you listen to other things, then you kind of start sounding like them. Very true. You know, so right now I limit myself to listen to myself. Mm -hmm. And that's basically it because I'm developing my sound. Right. You know, I, I'm making my own lane. I'm the first trap queen, you know, like in my lane, right. you know, doing like what I'm doing. Okay. That it's 100%. So I don't want to, you know, right. Get my, I, I'm just trying to create my sound and focus on my sound developing. And yeah, so, but I, 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 I like them. Well, you know what it is? It's because, okay. I did most of my production, I want to say, in the early 90s. Oh, all of the 90s, pretty mm -hmm. much, okay? Had my own studio, was working there. Uh, it's the one we had two-inch tape, you know. Uh, totally different from today. People do beats on laptops. Yeah. Back then, we actually had boards around the size of this table, okay? So it was a different era. Mm -hmm. 
And and I and I will say this that when I would go in the studio and say I, I met you in the nineties and I, I would ask you, um, what kind of artists are out there that you're listening to to try to get a vibe from you? You you let's just say you mentioned Lauren Hill. Okay. Okay. Uh which one of her beats would you say you would rap to? Say you would say this one. Okay, cool. Now I kind of understand where to go with you. Not that I'm gonna make you sound like her, mm -hmm. but I want to develop your own sound, your own style. And what I would do, I would not listen to any outside music. Exactly. Because what happens is you start uh wanting to sound like somebody yeah. else. You start getting influenced by other people's production without even knowing it. Exactly. Sometimes. So and without even thinking, you're right. thinking about that sound, you know. So Right. You know, it's funny, uh I work with a rapper in I wanna say nineteen eighty nine. And there was a rapper. Okay, I was working with this guy. He had his own style. And then there was a rapper named the DOC that was produced by Dr. Dre. That uh, an incredible album. I still think he's an incredible artist. Mm. This guy was influenced by him. That he changed his whole voice and his whole style to sound like him. And I told him, stop. Stop. I said, if you want me to work with you, I chose to work with you because of your sound, because of your style. Exactly. I think... And just in my opinion, that there's a lot of artists today saying, man, uh, I'll just use Drake for an example. Man, Drake's what's happening right now. We need to be on that sound. Yeah. Now, think about this. If everybody thought like that, how many Drake's would we have? And not just that. When that sound is gone, then you're gone. You're gone. Because you never had your own style. So if you have your own sound, that's when you last forever. Absolutely. You know, that's when they hear that sound, then they, they know it's you. It's you, yeah. You know, like when you hear Tupac or you know that's Tupac. Right. Because it has its own sound. Yeah. So if you're trying to sound like somebody else or what's on right now, then, yeah. you know, that's how long you're going to last. You know, and, and you're absolutely right, you know, and uh, I've shared this in past episodes where I would I would listen to a lot of like Dr. Dre interviews. Mm -hmm. And one of the last conversations that I had with him was when the first Chronic album first came out. It was 1992, I, I believe. If not 91, but it was, I believe it was 92. And I asked him, uh, I had an opportunity to talk to him for a couple of minutes. And I asked him, uh, how long did it take you to produce the Chronic album? And he had told me that one year. Now, to me, it shocked me because from the late 80s, when I used to be in the studio and watch him work, he produced like NWA, Easy e the DLC, the Above the Law, the Michelet, like all within maybe a year or so, okay? So I asked him, if you finished so much projects back then, this one project took you this long, why? And he said, because it had to be a hit, it couldn't be a miss. I created an album that'll last forever. Exactly. And I think a lot of artists today, what we were talking about, they create a sound for right now. And they don't last forever. They, they, don't. they could be here a month, be the hottest thing on social media. Look, oh, yeah. You yeah, know. they're just trying to be popular right now. Right now. Right. And I'm glad that you're thinking like that, that, you know what, you want your music to last. Exactly. You know, um, uh, if you don't mind, name me some of your, if you have any favorite artists or possibly favorite albums from the West Coast. Um, I, I know you mentioned Pac. You yeah, mentioned I like 40. Tupac. Yeah, I, I love E40. I would say he's probably one of my favorite 
mm-hmm. you know, I love Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle? Yeah. I like... Um, Can you speak a little bit closer to the yes. mic? Um, Nipsey Hussle. I mean, what else can I say? It's one of the ones that I can't remember. But yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, right now, I have, you know, just been focusing so much on me. Right. Yeah, that I haven't been listening. But I love E-40. That's, if I want to go back and listen to something, yeah. I, right. You know, it, his old stuff, his new stuff, I, he, he, I like. Okay, let me share with you my E-40 story. Okay. Uh, and you know, obviously, uh, you like his sound, you like his style, you like his whole get down. Yeah, I like that he put so much game on his. Music, yes. Okay. <laughs> now I'm gonna say this, and this might trip you out. When I first heard E40 stuff, I didn't like it at all. Really? I'm gonna be honest with you. Here's, but he won me over, and I'm gonna tell you how. Um, I didn't like his stuff. I was like, what the hell's he saying? What? I don't get it. Why would he say that? Why would he Too name fast. that song? <laughs> yeah. So here's what happened. We were doing a show together here in Hollywood and uh, E-40 shows up. I knew he was going to be, we already performed. Mm-hmm. He was going to be the second to the last. I think we were like third to the last. And he shows up. So in my mind, I said to myself, okay, I don't like his stuff on CD, but let me give him a chance to see if I like it, you know, as far as uh, him uh, performing. I want to see his performance. Mm-hmm. And I want to say this. He went out there and tore that shit up. All the songs that I thought, you know, I didn't, uh, songs that I didn't like that everybody liked, he performed those. Yeah. But his whole get down, his interaction with the crowd, the way he rapped, the way he carried himself, like he won me over. Yeah. And I became that night a E40 fan. Yeah. And he probably doesn't even remember, but he gave me five minutes one day and I said, I want to talk to you for a second. And he said, what's up, player? You know, and uh, I go, you got to leave? He goes, yeah. He goes, but I'll give you five minutes. And I said, cool. I told him my whole story. And all he did was he went like this, hugged me, and he said, thank you for being yeah. honest. That's what he said. I know people that know him personally, and they said, he's yeah. definitely like his song. He's a real one, you know? Yeah. And shout out to him because he has shown me a lot of love. So That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Okay. Okay, so now let me ask you this. Around what age would you say, or how early on would you say you uh had an interest in wanting to try to rap no that's just been like a few years back okay so i i had met okay let me tell you because it's very interesting so (laughs) i met this person and this person was in the business industry you know like he was in the music business so he told me like hey do you know how to rap do you know how to sing like you know i really like your energy like, right. I think you got it. Like, do you know? I, and I laugh, you know, I laugh. Like, I was like, you know, I wasn't thinking about this. Right, right. I wasn't thinking about being a rapper. Just to be honest with you, like, I was in the streets. Right. When yeah. you're in the streets, like, when you're waking up, getting money every day, you're not thinking about anything. Right. You're just thinking about what you're doing and the money. You're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking, you know, you're just not thinking about the future. You're not thinking clear. And when he told me, like, I, you know, I laughed, honestly, like, I, I, I laughed. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm out here getting money. Like, what? You thought he was just maybe just joking? a rapper, you know, (laughs) because I know many rappers. And I'm like a rapper, you know, like, and then 
I kept bumping into this person. And he was very persistent, you know, but like in within a year in, I would say like, I don't know, I like, I was like, you know what? I want to try this. I'm going to try this. And I wrote a song. I wrote a song um, called No English. And within a year in, like, um, he took me to the studio, you know, like, uh-huh. yeah, he obviously knew me and he knew that this was my first time doing it. So he took me to studio and it was, you know, private session. It was just me in the studio because he knew what it was with me. So right. we got in there and I recorded no English. So, you know, I put it out and the people really liked it. You know, like I had like people sending me videos with their kids dancing to it, you know, like I, it, they really liked it. And, and that's kind of how I started, you know, like I, um, I went and recorded this song. And after that, like, I didn't really like how it sounded at okay. first, but I was so excited about what I was doing yeah. that I liked it because of that you know but yeah like i knew like i kept hearing and i knew like oh my god like i need to get better like i want to get better right right you know and that's kind of like i got a taste of it and it, you know but still like my thing was like okay like how am i gonna make money with this you know like how okay like i recorded a song and like how, how do you make money like how am i gonna make money with this right right you know, so that's my thing. How do you make money? So my friend told me like, Hey, there's, it's a process. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a process and you got to keep getting better and you got to promote and you got, you know, we got to market and, wow. you know, and I was like, Oh, you know, so still didn't go in, you know, didn't go in all the way because todavía no sabía like, yeah, you weren't sure that, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, like, so I still have, like, one foot inside and one foot outside. Like, I didn't know, like, how do you make money? You know, like, yeah. And once he explained to me, you know, like, it was like, I was like, oh, okay. You know, I kind of went learning little by little. Right, mm-hmm. right. Okay, you know, uh, I, I want to share something with you that, I think it'll be beneficial, hopefully to yourself and also to other people listening that when I first started in this, uh, I was just a DJ guy, eventually started doing mixtapes on cassettes. Okay. Just uh, blending, scratching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it, it would ever go anywhere. And the reason why is because those were never my intentions. Uh, I knew because the people would tell me that I was a really, really good DJ uh more more of a battle dj cutting and scratching and stuff like that and uh i always did music because i loved it i've never ever chased the money i've known people that are my age right now and are still waiting for that one big payday and it may never come but let me say this because they're waiting for instead of like let me make money here let me make money here let me make money here they almost like forgot about that. No, I, I want that million dollar contract. Yeah, you can't. And it, it can't do that. So they would ask me, how did you get your record deal? And here's what I said. It's the God's honest truth. I wasn't looking for a record deal. I was releasing good music just on the streets. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest record labels in the world came knocking. And they recognized talent with me and my friend. And they signed us. 
and they signed us. And so I always tell people, I didn't go looking for the money, man. Just make sure you put good quality stuff out there mm -hmm. and money will come knocking. Yes. You know, so uh, I appreciate that you're saying, you know what, I'm focusing in on myself. I want my own style, my own sound. You know, yeah. people are going to know me for, for, for this, mm -hmm. you know. So, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to press pause right there and we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about what are you working on now? Can people expect individuals? Can, uh, what can people expect from Dalio Z, the Trap Queen in 2021? So, okay, everybody, we're going to go ahead and take a 10 minute break. So go, go ahead and get yourself some modelos, warm up some food or whatever the hell you got to do. We'll be back in 10 minutes with Dalio Z, the Mexican trap queen back in 10 minutes. Back everybody to Rodian Radio episode 127. And we're going to keep it pushing with Dalio Z, the Mexican trap queen. How you doing? Good. You enjoying yourself? Yes. Thank okay. You. Good. Good. I'm glad you came out. And once again, for the people that may not know, you were supposed to be on here a long time ago, but due to unfortunate circumstances, yes. you know what? You're here today. Yeah, but I'm here. And that's a good thing. Yeah. So uh, let's finish. Continue talking about music because it was starting to get very, very interesting. You know. Um, now, well, let me ask you: this. Do you come from a big family? Yes. Yeah, like a lot of brothers, a lot of sisters. And uh, not so much, but I have like my mom's side of. Family's big. My dad's side of the family's big, but more my mom's. Mexican families are just big. Are big. just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too big. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, now let me ask you this: uh, Growing up, did you at all play any instruments? Yeah. When when I was growing up, we used to be like in the church. I used to play the guitar. Really? Because you know, mi familia, como te digo, era un pueblo muy chiquito, so we used to be like all the cousins and. You know, basically all my cousins, we were the church band, you know. Oh, okay. So I was like nine years old when I started playing the guitar. And but, you know, I mean, I never kept going. You know, I mean, I know how to play guitar, but I never right. took it serious or kept so, going with it. <laughs> once again, I like to ask detailed questions because I'm just that yes. guy. Um, did you, uh, like, were you actually really good at playing the guitar? I liked it a lot. You know, I liked it a lot. But then I thought, like... um like it was like my, I don't know, like maybe my hand was too small or something because I was little, you know, I was like seven, eight years old, nine years old the most. But yeah, I, I, but I really liked it. I liked it. Okay. Yeah. Now, now let me ask you, why possibly didn't you pursue it and continue to play maybe, you know, the keyboard or whatever? Was it just, you know, I mean, why, why not just continue? Was it, it just wasn't a passion for you? Yeah, I think it was more like a thing that, you know, we was, like I said, it was all of our cousins. Like, we were the church band, you know. Okay. But it was, yeah, it was more like a family thing, you okay. know. Okay. And who taught you to, uh, to play guitar? Did you go to school or did you in just... In church. <laughs> oh, so you just picked it up and... Yeah, like in church, I remember, like, there was a, you know, a nun, you know, una madre que era la maestra. Oh, okay. So she taught us. You know, if there's... If there's any regrets that I have in life is that I wish that somehow, some way, my mother could have uh, put me in some type of like music class, you know, because if there's any, if, if I were to, you were to ask me, what instrument do you wish you can really, really play? Mm -hmm. I would probably have to say piano. Mm -hmm. I really, really wish I could play piano. I mean, I saw, I, I listened to a lot of Beethoven and I see a lot of Beethoven documentaries, and I see that there's a good movie called Immortal Beloved with Gary Oldman, where he plays Beethoven. And I see the way like he plays. Yeah. A lot of people didn't know that he was a natural uh, pianist. That's why he looked great doing it. And there's another movie, que se llama uh, The Pianist, uh, también. Oh, yeah. 
And that was a great movie. And he was a, a piano player. He actually won his freedom, if you will, by playing piano for someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 he was a Jew and he, because a German general and he's thinking he's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. So he tells him, play for me. So the Jewish guy was dying of hunger, thinking he's dead, starts playing the piano and he makes that guy cry. He makes him cry by his music. And the next day that the general comes back, brings him food, keeps him warm and pretty much tells him, I, I never did this for you, but I just want you to play. And so for me, it would have to be piano. Mm-hmm. So I wish that was good, but it, I, I just don't have the patience for it. Yeah. You know? Oh, when I was little, like all my cousins were like, you know, cause so when I grew up, like my mom, like we were the poor ones. Okay. My mom had, you know, thank God. She had family that I was able to see things because she had family that when I was growing up, they were like doing, you know, big things. They were doing great things. They were coming literally from zero to, you know, they were doing amazing things. So I was like, always like, why can I do this? Like my cousin, you know, like what, but honest, to be honest, I never asked my parents for anything because I knew they didn't have it. So I, you know, we never bother them, you know, like worry them, you know, right. like never, like, you know, I, we was just took what we had and, you know, we made it work. Right. But yeah, like I always wish like my mom had money. My cousins were on everything. Every class you can think, even like manner classes, you know, like, the, yeah, like they had every, you know, like they had, they had it all. And I was always the one that didn't have anything. You know, like that. I wanted it, you know. Right. So right. I always grew up. I was, I'm a person that always knew what I wanted. You know, like I always know, like, and it was like, you know, it was something to me. Like I, I wanted those classes, you know, right. but I never, yeah. You know, and, and, and growing up pretty much having nothing. Now that you're older and you work for it and you have it, it makes you appreciate everything. Of course. It makes you a grateful and thankful and a, a, a person because now you have blessings that as a child you wish you had yeah you know uh, uh, uh i shared a story here before but i i just want to share it with uh the people that may, may not have heard it when i had first gotten my record deal uh one of the things that i went to do first believe it or not when i cast my first forty-five thousand dollar check i i was 22 years old i went to toys r us and I bought a, a Taiko track and it was a, uh, with the little carritos, you know, that you plug it in and you play the little gun and it just, yeah. and the reason why I went and got that was because as a kid, I wanted my mother to buy me mm-hmm. that. She could never afford it. She said, no te lo puedo comprar, no tengo dinero. You know, so, um, yeah. I still had the desire to play with that damn track. Yeah. So what I did, I set it up and it was glow in the dark, pagué las luces, and I told my mom, come on, you're going to play with me. Yeah. And then we were on our knees. And she asked me, why did you do this? And I said, because I always wanted this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and it's funny because there's still things that I want to do today that I didn't have when I was a, a kid, but that makes you appreciate things even mm-hmm. more. And especially because my mother and my father are no longer here, you know, so uh, now when I do have the things, uh, I'm thankful. And uh, at the same time, you know, it makes you think of your mother and your father even more. Sometimes you wish you could have behaved even properly. Porque yo era un pinche diablo when I was a kid. Yeah. So. Oh, yo también. <laughs> well, that's one thing we had in common then, right? Mi so, mamá nunca tuvo hombres. Y le preguntaban, ¿no tienes hombres? Y decían, 
yo no necesito más si yo la tengo a ella. Decía, porque yo era un diablo. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So. Well, you know what? We're here. And yeah. well, thank God that we're still alive. We're blessed. But you know, Tony, I got something for you. For real? Yes, I got something for you. Because, you know, tú ya eres un muy importante, muy famoso. Tú ya dijiste que subiste de nivel. Tú tienes que subir de nivel más. Yo te traje algo para que oh, te tomar patrón y te subas un poquito más. Oh, man. Don Julio. That's a blessing. Thank you. You know. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. As a matter of fact, I'll take some shots after. Yeah. Whenever you want. Awesome. <laughs> me and my boy Nightmare and take a couple of shots. Uh, Anthony, everybody. You know, esa es la bebida preferida de mi mamá. Y cuando mm -hmm. yo te miré que tú tomabas patrón, dije yo, él tiene que ser empezado a tomar Don Julio. Okay. Claro. <laughs> ¿Te gusta? Uh, yes. Hell uh, yeah. Hell yeah. This Porque is sabes que los mexicanos, tú sabes que aquí toman mucho patrón, pero en México. I know. Yes. Okay. Then I'm going to make a switch to this. Exactly. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I greatly, greatly appreciate mm -hmm. it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So now, uh, what are you working on now uh, that people can expect in 2021? What can people expect from Dalia Z, uh -huh. the Mexican track queen? Right now, I'm working a lot. I've okay. been at the studio a lot. I've been recording a lot. I got like over 50 songs recorded already. Really? So I'm just like, you know, getting better on my craft and, um, you know, trying to spread my music. And that's basically what I'm on right now. You know, recording, writing. I write all my songs. Really? I so, write so no ghostwriting? Nobody can tell my story better than me. So why would I let anybody, you know? Yeah. And that, that's very, very I important. like to be an artist and create art. And, you know, yeah, and, and definitely, like I said, nobody can tell my story better than me. So I definitely, you know, I make sure that every song, you know, there's a, a special, is a story behind. I put all the truth and all the hustle in my songs, you know. So I definitely, you know, like, expect that from me. I'm about to put out, like, in the next two weeks, I'm about to put out, like, two videos. Okay. And, you know, I'm basically, I'm going to keep recording and keep putting out videos. And, you know, I mean, I might work on an album soon, but right now I'm just putting out singles and keep putting out videos. Okay. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on right singles, now. Singles, videos, keep people enthused, exactly. keep people wanting more. Okay. And mm -hmm. eventually, uh, whether you put out an album or EP, that's still to come. Yeah. Okay. And okay. keep getting better, you know. A absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now. Uh, you told me that your first song you dropped, uh, I'm sorry, what was the name of the song again? No English. No English. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, what came after No English? It was a song, well, I had recorded many songs, you know, but I put this song out called, um, what is it called? Go Getter? Okay. Yeah. I put this song out and then I had, and then I put another song out called Spanish Girl okay. just recently. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, Right now, I'm about to drop two more videos. So I have a lot of things. Right now, I'm just going hard, you mm -hmm. know? And I'm just basically, I'm right now, like the last year, I've been taking this serious. Like, you know, like I really wanna do this, you know? Like, I feel like right now, I'm just like living my best life, focusing on my music, and just basically like growing, you know, as an artist and just, this is like my new passion, 
basically, you know. And when I have a passion and when I want to do something, I just don't leave it alone until, you know. So basically, let's just keep growing, spreading my music. And Wow. Now, now let me ask you this. Interesting question. What is, what is it that you think that lit this passion? Because when somebody asked you, maybe you should try rapping, and you kind of took it as a joke. But since you started, you kept going. What do you think it was that, like, okay, now I, I got it? I mean, was it just the response you were getting? Was it just working in the studio? What do you think it was? Change. Change, okay. I think it was change. Okay. Just wanting to do something else. Yeah. That's a great answer. Yeah. That's a great answer. Because, you know what, uh, I expected something like the way people told me I had a great voice. Or the way, but you said change, you wanted something yeah. different in your life. I, I think that's like the biggest thing that okay. you know, motivates now, me. Now, when you first started rapping, uh, what producers or what producer are you working with now? Do you still have the same ones? Do you do you are you open to work with different producers or like like for an example, who produced No English? Well, I had I had some you know I work I have an inside inside house producer. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to the bishop. Okay. And he, you know, he's definitely been basically produced most of my music and most of my tracks. But I have, um, I have worked with other producers, you know, but no, like he's like my main one right okay. now. I'm working with him. Like he's my in-house producer and, you know, I like him. And oh. I, like I said, because we're trying to create my own sound. Okay. So I don't want to like work with, you know, I'm definitely open, you know, like I'm always open to new things right. but right now that's that's why i'm working that's okay. why i produce now um now let me ask you this are you a fan at all of uh because you being you know mexican are you a fan at all of like what we what people call today chicano rap at all or do you even listen to it or oh yeah okay. like i'm a big fan of um king little g okay I like um, Miss Lady Pink. Big shout out to her, and big shout out to Miss Crazy. Okay, she's a real one. You yeah. know, she definitely um, shout out to her. She has shown me a lot of love, and definitely like you know, real recognized, real. I can tell, and she definitely she's shout out to her. Like she's been putting in work for a while now. Same to Miss Lady Pink. You know, yeah. and um, King Little G. I have. Um, the story so king little g was the first person that allowed me to get on stage really yeah i think it was arizona it was in phoenix and he um he let me open for him and that was the first time that i performed so big shout out to him because he showed me a lot of love okay now now for the fans that may want to know how did you end up meeting him and uh how did he go about asking you open up for me it, we met online, you know, like, okay. we, yeah, we just basically chatted online and he told me he was going to be there and we kind of just, you know, went from there. We got it together. And yeah, it was like, it was a big thing, you know, much love to him. He's a real one. So, so you go to Arizona, they hand you the mic and they say, go. Mm -hmm. Dumb question. Were you nervous? I think I was more nervous before I got on stage than okay. when I was on stage. Okay. See what And you know, nobody knew me. Nobody knew my song. Nobody yeah. So it was that was what I think I had I was a little nervous about. Mm. But yeah, when I was on stage, it, I wasn't that nervous to be honest. I loved it. 
That's a good thing because I've met a lot of rappers and I performed and DJed for a lot of rappers. This was the days when rappers had DJs, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, the guys used to be all calm. But as soon as they give them the mic, two minutes. All of a sudden, yeah. and I remember <laughs> some of these rappers, the, the God's honest truth. Hey, Tone, how does my first verse go again? Because I had some of their lyrics memorized. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, shit, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they forget. They got nervous. As soon as they go up there, even some of their dancing, the way they move, I could tell they were fucking nervous. Yeah. So sometimes I would have a mic with me because they would always ask me, do you want a mic when you're on the turntables? And I would say some of their words so that he wouldn't forget. Uh Uh-huh. You know, that's what we call like ad-libbing, you know, so... But yeah, I I I did a lot for a lot of rappers. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, did you forget any of your lyrics? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah, I I did. Like it was good, you know. And it was crazy because you know, when I was like shouting out some Spanish words, you know, like people were reacting to the song, you know. And it was like it was, you know, it was a crazy feeling, you know, because I knew that they never heard it before. Right. You know, and when I heard, when I seen people were reacting to it, like it was, yeah, it was like a high, you know. It definitely is a high. Um, the first Latina that I ever met, talked to, and saw perform was in Arizona, and I'll tell you who it was. It was a girl named Teardrop that rapped with Lighter Shade of Brown on a song called Latin Active. Mm-hmm. She rapped at the very end. She just had a 16 bar rap and they were opening up for me and my boy high C and you know, the Chicano. So I wanted to support them. So I was yeah. right there on the side of the stage. She went out there and when she started rapping in Spanish, the fucking crowd erupted. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you why I believe, because I believe our people for a long time have been waiting for one of us or one of ours to rise and they were up on stage. Yeah. You know, when I was doing my songs, they were like bilingual, you know, like yeah. half English, half Spanish, because, you know, like I just learned English not too long ago, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and people tell me, like, you got a strong accent, you know, so, you know, it's different, I guess. But I do a lot of my songs in Spanish. I do a lot of rap in Spanish, you know, like I try to put both in it, you know, because that's who I am. That's, that's, who who I, that's who I grew up. That's how I grew up. That's what I listened to. Yeah. English and Spanish, you know, so I know like what my people are listening to, you know, yeah. and I, I mean, I love, um, trap Latino, you know, like I love it, you know, and I mean, that's, that's what I do. It, you know? Okay. Now, and now, I see the people's reaction. They like it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I want to ask you, cause you said trap Latino. Okay. I'm not, and I'm being 100 with you. I, I'd rather be honest and fake. Okay. I'm not too familiar with Trap Latino. Is Trap Latino big in Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's more like, it's just rap. Okay. In Spanish, basically. Okay. You know, like, I don't know if you know Secan. Yes. Aleman. Yes. Big shout out to them, you know, like, yeah, yeah they've been putting in work and rep. I mean, Secan and, you know, Cartel de Santa. Uh-huh. He was like one of the first big Mexican rappers. Okay. I remember, you know, years and he's still one of the biggest right now. Okay. Cause you know how us Latinos, we take something and we, you know, (laughs) 
they'll be our favorite. But yeah, like Cartel de Santa, Secan. I mean, they're pretty big. I see Aleman already kind of coming this way, yeah. you know. But yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's been growing more now. Okay. Definitely. Okay. The, the reason why I, I'm saying because of, of the name Trap, okay, mm-hmm. uh, I got younger homies that are more familiar with that style then because growing up it was just rap for us and and i know it's kind of a is it safe to say a different genre uh of calling it trap or but uh that's the reason why i'm asking like for an example is reggaeton big in mexico oh yeah it's big as well too huh i mean i know reggaeton pretty much then took over a lot of places a lot of spots and uh the people that are doing it are holding it down strong yeah. you know uh are you uh dabbling in any reggaeton music at all oh yeah I, I mean, I, I like, I like it a lot. You know, I like okay. Bad Bunny. I like, like I was saying, Brian My I love Carol G. You know. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it. I it, mean. I, are you planning to do any reggaeton at all? Well, I think I got some trap Spanish, you know, that it's basically like kind of, it's not reggaeton though. Okay. You know, it's more like, yeah. More like Anuel, like more like on the trap lane more than reggaeton than bad bunny you okay. know yeah okay that'll work but you know people that do like but reggaeton like. would probably enjoy this as well of course yeah awesome i definitely awesome now uh, uh so the producer you're working with uh he's pretty much your in-house producer that's who create help create your sound shaping and molding you as an artist mm-hmm. okay now and that's good that's good because a lot of times when you don't know the producer and they're just throwing you beats it's almost like i feel there has to be chemistry with the producer yeah. I think that's important. That's what makes great music. That's what makes a great album. Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, back to the King Little G show. H- how long was your set? Did you do one or two songs? or? I only did one song. Okay. Yeah, I only did one song. Now, you get off stage. What was the response? Anybody that was great? That was dope? Yeah, everybody was telling me that, hey, that was good. That was great. That was good. You know, that was dope. And I was just like, you know, like, <laughs> wow. Like, yeah, like, thanks, you know, but... I mean, okay. I, I know, like, I was more like, th- I was thinking about the people, you know? Yeah, because I was like, you know, like, because I'm fucking with the Mexicans, and I seen the people's reaction, and it was like, wow, you know, like, I really, I really like it. Awesome. Know, it was dope. So, so, so now, as far as uh, uh, after that, did you get booked at all for any of the shows from, from that one show? I mean, did you take upon a lot of shows, or did you want to remain, like, more reserved and not so much yet well i think at that time it was like right kind of when i had recorded that song and everything you know when i had i was just getting started so you know like i said i still had one foot in and one foot out so i didn't took it too serious you know and i was just you know doing something else and just didn't follow up too quick you know but right. i yeah it was it was with time you know that that it came that i was you know kept going back because i was thinking about like i was saying like how is this pays me you know but yeah it was you know it was just little by little i think okay now i if, didn't i didn't took any shows right after that no okay now if we wouldn't have had this pandemic you know because obviously a lot of people yeah um depend on shows artists do yeah Okay. Would you be, have been performing right now? Yeah, I think so. Yes, because I had talked to people about shows, like you said, right before this pandemic. Yeah. I was getting ready. To, yeah. And I have performed at other shows, like in the South, in Atlanta. Because, you know, I stay between Atlanta and Arizona. Okay. And, you know, I, Mexico. But 
so I have performed down there too, but you know, like right before the pandemic, I was when I started going, you know, harder and I was getting some things together, but then everything came. So, you know, it's funny you bring up Atlanta and I'm gonna give a shout out to my boy Lalo KV. He, uh, I interviewed him here. This guy. Yeah. Shout out to him. He, I, I had, he had shown me love and I, you know, yes. talk. He flew from Atlanta to be here to be interviewed and he was so thankful and so grateful. And I said, you enjoying yourself? And he said, man, it's like a dream come true to be here. Yeah. That's what he said. We, we just fly in. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. He called me yesterday. We talked, and he booked me for a June show to, like, host, the, I guess, a car show or, oh, or really? a concert or something like that in June. So I said, yeah, I'll go. So he booked me. So I'll be out there in Atlanta uh, June. forgot the date. Yeah. But, uh, oh, matter of fact, I'm supposed to get you that picture, so I'll be sending you the picture tomorrow. So, but... uh Great, great, humble dude, man. Yeah, and, he is. And he was just sharing how Rasa is starting to bloom and blossom out there in Atlanta. You know? A lot of Rasa. Yeah. Mucha Rasa. Yeah. Like, al principio, casi no, pero luego después, I started moving around, you know, and I was like, wow. Well, uh, uh, you know what? There's a quote that says this. They, they tried to bury us, but they didn't know we were seeds. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> there's Rasa in New we're Jersey. We're everywhere. 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 <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I, I met him in Jersey, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Atlanta, New York. I met him everywhere. So. I have been to like the smallest places and, you know, see Mexicans out there. And I'm <laughs> like, wow, we're really everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Quick story. I go to Hawaii, Waikiki. By the way, I don't recommend Waikiki. That's like Hollywood Boulevard on the beach. Uh, um, I'm out there. And so I'm like walking around at night and it says authentic Hawaiian food. Keep in mind, I hadn't met any Hawaiian people yet in seven days. That's the truth. So I said, okay, I'm going to stop, try some Hawaiian food, whatever Hawaiian food is. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I walk in and I finally met my first Hawaiian guy. He sits me down. Cool. So what do you recommend? Oh, this, this. Okay, cool. Hey, can I use your restaurants? So I go wash my hands. Okay, cool. But you have to walk through the kitchen. All right. Walk through the kitchen. Guess who's in there cooking authentic Mexican, I mean, authentic Hawaiian food, Mexicans. Mexican. Yeah, that's how you be at the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sushi restaurant everywhere. We're everywhere. Everywhere. Hey, here's the funny part. I go to sushi restaurants and it's a Japanese restaurant. Sushi is, but you got Mexicans in there. Hey, how you doing? Sit down. Yeah. Now calmate, way. You know, you yeah. gotta throw on that accent. But no, you know, they own them. They be in, or even in Mexico, they open up sushi places. You know, like how? <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So now we're coming to the close of our of, of our interview. Is there anything that I didn't ask you? Anything that you want to share? Anything you want to promote? Whatever. The stage is yours. The fans are looking. Your Instagram has been up, so they know where to follow you. Mm -hmm. And once the uh, the um, this show is posted, they'll be able to go to the description and find you as well to follow you as well there. So um, maybe one last thing. What can people expect? Once again, I know you sh you shared. Uh, singles, videos, yes. singles, anything else that you want to share? The floor is yours. Yeah, you know, I want to say something. So I had done this, um, this photo shoot, right, for my album cover. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people don't know, but I did it in honor to Darlene Ortiz. Yes. You know, and I know I did it because when I found out that she was the first lady of hip hop right. ever. And that she was Mexican mm -hmm. because a lot of people didn't know she was Mexican. Mm -hmm. A lot of people thought she was black. 
a lot of people that she, you know, didn't know she was Mexican. So, you know, big shout out to her because, you know, she has also shown me love. And that's why I did the oh. cover, basically redid that Darlene Ortiz for um, Ice Cube's album. So, you know, that's a... That was a big thing to me when I found out. I was like, wow, the first lady of hip hop was Mexican. Like that, you know, I think a lot of people don't know that. Wow. So I just wanted to say that. Wow. You know? Well, you know, I mean, you did it uh, in a sense to honor her, to pay tribute, yeah. you know. And not just that because I wanted to be the first lady of the line that I was creating too. Right. So since she was the first one in her lane, you know, that's why I felt, you know. Yeah, you want to start your own uh, lane, your own legacy. Yes. And, yeah. That, that. Dope, dope uh, picture. Mm -hmm. yeah. Believe me, a lot of guys liked it. So yeah. that's a good thing. Some people can recognize, you know, remember, and but a lot of people don't. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't, but it's okay. You still did it, and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. So other than that, any shout-outs you want to give? Uh, yeah, shout-out to all the people that support me, all the people that show me love. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I love you guys. And, you know, I have a lot of things more coming. You know, like I said, I'm going to be putting out like two videos in the next two weeks you know awesome. so shout out to everybody shout out to uh, dj swell that supports me and um d swell to the and you know like just all these people that support me and the show me love thank you so much and you know i know um that i haven't done a lot of interviews and people don't know too much about me so you know i really want to tell people that i do appreciate every single one of you so thank well, you so much you know uh, i'm thankful for having this platform i'm thankful for the people that are subscribed people that are tuned in people that are in the live chat because of this platform it helps shine light on artists like yourself exactly. and that's what me and my team are here to do uh many people appreciate it some people don't why? I have no idea, but I'm going to keep doing me because that's what this platform is created for, mm -hmm. you know. So with that being said, thank you, Dahlia, very, very much for giving me the opportunity oh, to you. finally get in this interview. Yes. You know, <laughs> uh, we've been in contact for a while. Whatever I can do to help further your career, that's what we're here for. So once again, thank you and much love, much respect, and much success to you. Much love to you, Tom. So, thank you so much. Uh, other than that, uh, we're gonna go ahead and give uh, shout outs and then we out of here and we're about to take some some shots with this bottle that she blessed me with, Don Julio, okay? So uh, me, Nightmare, Alex, my boy, Be Scandalous. It's not Be Nice, it's Be Scandalous, okay? We're gonna take some shots. And if Anthony wants to take some shots, cool, take some shots. If not, pues, more for us. Other than that, check this out. Wednesday, you don't want to miss out. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to have another artist here, okay, a musician that has his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And he is part of a legendary, legendary group that their music's going to live on forever. And this guy is so dope. I'm just excited. So I hopefully you guys tune in. Tomorrow I'll post up the flyer on my Facebook, my Instagram, on the YouTube community. So uh, make sure you guys to tune in. It's going to be a huge night. Much love, much respect to the subscribers. And uh, have a blessed night. And Dalio, once again, thank, thank you. you. God bless you guys. We'll see you guys Wednesday.